God is all powerful and you're in his hand. You know, I mean, this is tremendous. If you doubt your salvation, just think about these verses. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Welcome back to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder. And today on our program, we're going to continue our series called Answers because people like you have questions. We all do, don't we? And uh, we opened it up for folks to ask me Bible questions, and we're going to use the scriptures again to answer those questions. And really, life is about questions, isn't it? And getting the right answers. So we're going to be uh, answering a couple of good questions. One is, what is Hanukkah? And as we recorded this initially, it was actually just before Christmas. It was 2020. And so I just recovered from my first bout of COVID. Uh, You might still hear a little bit in my chest as you're hearing this, but um, got through that fine. But, you know, asking these questions, what is Hanukkah? And we, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint here. It has to do with the Feast of Dedication. Um, It's not a biblical feast per se, but Jesus did observe it. And so that's interesting. We're going to talk all about what it is and why it's significant. And it's not just Jewish Christmas. It is a, you know, around the same time as we would celebrate the birth of Christ, but it is has nothing to do with that. Uh, and we'll explain this in, in more detail, but it is a, a beautiful um, observance because it has to do with light and miracles. And so I don't think you can get better than that. And then another person said, uh, did angels live on earth and then die and go to heaven or was there a beginning? So just kind of an unusual way of phrasing that, but we're going to talk about that. The origin of angels, did they have a beginning? Those types of things, uh, I think it's it's important to understand. And again, use scripture to answer these questions. So we'll be doing that uh, today and throughout uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week. And then on Friday, we have our very special weekend, Friday and weekend episode, which we're going to be featuring Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure, which was a trip down the Grand Canyon last summer on rafts. Uh, myself and uh, in Grace friends and two scientists that taught us about the stars, astronomy, and also geology, the, uh, the rocks. And we found out that the rocks do show that the Grand Canyon is proof of a flood, a global flood, and the the erosion of the Grand Canyon, the release of the floodwaters. And so um, I'm excited for that on Friday. And also, at the end of today's program, I'm going to tell you how you can get a video of this grand rafting adventure, and it will be something that will show you the Grand Canyon proves Noah's flood, not millions of years. We also are excited because InGrace has a a really neat uh, website as part of our website. It's a page on our website that we call Legacy. A lot of people are asking me, Pastor Scudder, is there a way for my life to continue after I'm with the Lord? Well, the answer is yes, but you need to think through some things like, do you have a will? Do you have a trust? Do you have a living will? Have you let anyone know if you want to be kept alive artificially or or whatever. Does someone have healthcare power of attorney? You know, there, there's all these things that we need to we need to think through and we need to take care of now while we can, while we are while we're able. 
And then once we do that, our families are going to be benefited so much because we've already laid out our wishes. And so the the webpage that I'm telling you to go to, ingraceradio.com, will have a link called Legacy. Click on that, and then there will be a series of videos. These are newer videos we just made, and there you can learn more about these important topics that, that you need to think through to make sure that you're prepared to leave a lasting legacy. As people ask questions, I know that every question that we have in life has to, we have to have the answer that is centered on the truth of the gospel because it just all flows out from there. So the first question that we're going to answer today is, what is Hanukkah? Some of you think it's Jewish Christmas, right? But obviously it is not Jewish Christmas, but we do find, surprisingly, that Jesus observed this feast of dedication. So it's actually in the Bible. And Hanukkah means dedication. And so it is a Jewish holiday, a Jewish religious festival that celebrates light. Because about a little over 150 years before Jesus came, this is in between the Testaments. So the Old Testament has been finished. The New Testament hasn't been written. It's the intertestamental period. And the Greek-speaking world was in charge. There was a king that was of Syrian descent, but he was emphasizing Greek culture, and he was trying to do away with all of the Jewish uh, rituals and religion. He went in and raided the temple, and he desecrated the temple by setting up a altar to Zeus and killing a pig on the altar. His name was Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus Epiphanes means God manifest. He was declaring himself as God in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, when we read about this in the Bible, guess what? Jesus also declares himself God at this festival of dedication in the temple. Why was it called the Festival of Lights? Or why did they light the menorah on Hanukkah? And by the way, in Hebrew, you wouldn't say Hanukkah. So you've seen it spelled H and C-H. It's the sound that we have a hard time saying, the guttural C-H, like Hanukkah. Okay, that's why you, you see the different spellings. The legend is that when the Maccabees, which was a Jewish revolt group, they wanted to get rid of these uh, Greeks and reestablish the rituals of Judaism, and they did. An unlikely group of these zealots came in and they somehow conquered the Seleucid kings and pushed them out. And they now needed to purify the temple because he had desecrated it. And, and by the way, this was a picture of what the Antichrist was going to do. How do we know that Antiochus Epiphanes wasn't the Antichrist? Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, Daniel predicted this very thing. Because Jesus mentioned this event as future. So Antiochus Epiphanes is a 
precursor to the Antichrist, and they will both do similar things. But the Antichrist will be one that will be trying to rule the whole world, certainly setting himself up as God in the temple. So they needed to purify and rededicate the temple, but they only had enough oil for one day, and they needed enough for eight days for the menorah. And so they put the one day of oil, the sacred oil, into the menorah, and it lasted eight days. So it's the miracle of the light. And so Jesus would have been, look there with me at John 10, and it, he would have been at this. This was not a major Jewish religious day, but it was a Jewish religious day at this time. Because in John 10, it says, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. So this is a winter holiday. It's on the 25th of Kislev. Kislev is the Jewish month that is usually in the late fall, early winter, November and December, and it starts on the 25th, so that moves around on our calendar, our Gregorian calendar, and that's why it's always a different day. But there Jesus was at this feast, there in Jerusalem, and he walked, in verse 23, in the temple. So, you know, he's in the same temple that they had just pushed 164 years earlier, or maybe a little bit more than that. They had pushed this uh, Greek king out, and they're standing pretty much in the same place. Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, and there came the Jews round about them and said unto him, How long dost thou make us doubt? So he had not publicly proclaimed himself as Messiah. That was going to come. He was going to come in on Palm Sunday, and he is announcing to the Jewish people, I am your Messiah, nationally. And that hadn't come yet, so he hadn't made it obvious, but he had done so many things and said so many things that everyone knew that's what he was, or that's what he was claiming to be. So they said, how long dost thou make us doubt if thou be the Christ? Anytime you see the word Christ, it's the word Messiah. Okay, it's a Latinized Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah. Okay, So whenever you see Christ, it's not Jesus' last name. It is Jesus the Christ or Jesus the promised Messiah that would save the world. Are you ready for an adventure like no other? Dive into a world of discovery within Grace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. Immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring beauty of the Grand Canyon and uncover the captivating evidence of Noah's Flood. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. Simply call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Ken Ham and Ark of Noah, which explores the geological evidence that supports the Bible. For your gift of $100 or more, you can enjoy our entire Creation Series bundle, including eight sensational video series. Call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. That's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. So we see here that belief is the 
ingredient in salvation. And if you don't believe, then you're not saved. If you do believe, then you are. What does believe mean? Does that mean I believe that Jesus existed historically? No, it's more than that. You're trusting in him to save you from your sins. He died on the cross and rose again. You're trusting in him. So he hadn't done that yet, but they could still believe in him. And you believe not. Verse 25. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. It was obvious. There was plenty of proof. He had been doing incredible things. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. So you're not my sheep. You have not believed. You're not my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. So who has eternal life? Those that believe. The Bible says that you are God's flock. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he's going to protect us and help us and provide for us. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall, what, not perish until they sin again? No, this is a beautiful verse that helps us understand eternal security. When my dad was growing up, he grew up Methodist, and his dad believed the Bible, but he said, you are saved by believing in Jesus and doing your part. And dad found that that was impossible. He got so frustrated as a young person, he said, I tried my best and I can't save myself. I'm just going to live it up. And he lived that way for a while until he really understood salvation by grace. And he accepted that by faith. Oh, you're still going to sin again, but now you are in the hand of God. See, this is great. Once you've received by faith Jesus Christ, at a certain time in your life, you said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. But right now, I put my trust in Jesus Christ. It's not a prayer that saves you. It's not saying this certain line. It's you trusting in Jesus for your eternal life. At that very moment, the Bible says you're born again. And it says here that you're in the hand of God. I give unto them, verse 28, eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father gave them me is greater than all. God is all-powerful, and you're in his hand. You know, I mean, this is tremendous. If you doubt your salvation, just think about these verses. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man. By the way, that includes you. That includes yourself. That means that you can't even pluck yourself out of the Father's hand. And now here he's going to plainly say what they wanted him to say. He had just said, you're not my sheep because you didn't believe in me. Then he says, verse 30, I and my Father are one. They completely understood what he was saying. How do I know that? Because the next verse says they picked up stones. <laughs> there was another man 160 plus years before that stood up in the temple and claimed to be God manifest. And they rightfully got rid of him. And if Jesus wasn't God, they were right to get rid of him. Was he or wasn't he? That's the question. He was claiming to be deity here. It doesn't escape me that, of course, Jesus would have known this purification of the temple, this festival that they're celebrating then, that he was standing in that very spot, himself claiming to be God manifest. 
So that's the question. Is Jesus God? How do we know if he is or he isn't? Well, he did many great works, but his greatest work was rising from the dead. If he arose, if that tomb is empty, and he rose again, then it's all true. It's all true. So that's the key. Did he rise? And I think you can look at that scientifically and look at the evidence and say, yes, he did. And another part of the Finish Strong series that we're broadcasting on television and radio Dad said he was witnessing at his Bible college on a beach, and they came across an atheist and his son. And one of them took the atheist, and one of them took the son, and they started talking to them separate. Well, the son gets saved. And they come back over, and the son's telling the dad he got saved, and the dad's furious. So my dad said, I don't know why you're upset. If there is no God, he really didn't get saved. (laughs) There is a God. And dad said, I know there's, we we never doubted God because he was impacting our life. If you want to share the gospel with people, tell them your story. Tell them how God has been real to you and has done things for you and has changed your life. And that's the most powerful testimony that there is God and that he died for me and he rose again and he's changing me. So, Hanukkah, I believe, is a beautiful day, a beautiful holiday that our Jewish friends celebrate. And I believe it's a, again, it's a picture that Jesus is the light, right? He is the light. And he, once you've put your faith in him, that light will never dim. You are safely in the hand of the Father. Question, did the angels live on earth and then die and go to heaven? Or did they have a beginning? And I understand that this was a child's question. And so I think it's a great question. I love children's questions. Okay, so did angels live on the earth and then die and then they went to heaven? No, Um, the angels never lived on the earth. Angels don't live on the earth. They come to the earth. They come to the earth to do things, to be servants of God, to be a messenger. This is the story of Christmas, right? Plenty of angels came, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, and plenty of angels came to announce uh, Jesus, the entrance of Emmanuel. Angels will also protect. Do you have a guardian angel? Some of you have many guardian angels, right? It takes a lot to protect you. I believe that they're there to protect, uh, to bring messages to the earth, and to just bring God glory. Now, the angels didn't always exist. The Bible says the angels were created. In Psalm 148, it says in verse two, praise ye him, all his angels, praise ye him, all his hosts. So angels were created to praise God. And you hear choirs of angels in heaven. You see the choir of angels announcing to the shepherds the birth of Jesus. So they're there to praise God as well. Skip down to verse five. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were what? created. So the angels were created. There's only one that existed always, and that is God. Father, Son, and Spirit always existed. Is that hard for you to understand? Hard for me to understand. It's one of those things that I've really hurt my brain a little bit on. How could God have always existed? So we think very linearly, birth and life, and it's a straight line. Um, It helps me at least my brain not hurt as much when I think of a circle. Okay, now I can understand how God can always have existed. But it's incredible, right? That God always existed. He wasn't created. He was the 
cause of all things, but he didn't have a cause, the causeless cause. That's God. And so angels were created for, for God's glory, to bring him praise, to bring us messages, to protect. And we also know that not all of the angels are currently praising God. There's a third of the angels that are led by the chief angel, Lucifer, that fell. And it says in Isaiah 14, verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And another scripture says that Lucifer took a third of the angels, and now they're the demons. Okay, so that's the story in a nutshell. But there are angels, they fight against the devil, they fight against the demonic powers, and they are there to do God's will. They didn't come to earth and die and then go to heaven. They've always existed from their creation in heaven, and then they would come to earth to do God's will. Now you say, when were they created? Is that what you were thinking? When were they created? I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, I apologize for not giving you a better answer, at least on that last part, when were angels created. We, we really don't know, although, you know, at least it seems to me that uh, Lucifer might have been uh, given the authority of the earth right before sin. Uh, so we know that they would have had to be in existence, of course, at the beginning of creation. But we don't know all the details, and I think some of those things God doesn't reveal to us for a reason. So do the best we can using Scripture— to answer our questions, but then also be okay with God not giving us every answer. I mean, he's almighty, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's all-wise. I mean, how could we as finite creatures possibly get every answer? But we can get a lot. We can certainly know the answers to the big questions, which is, you know, why am I here? Where am I going? You know, those types of things. And so we'll resume the series tomorrow on our Tuesday edition of In Grace. Right before we go, though, uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the program how you can get what we're calling Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. It's a four-part video series that we filmed going down the Grand Canyon, the Colorado River, and we're filming the, the geology, the adventure, going uh, over these rapids, a really interesting family story, the Arboreal family. Uh, and so... We would love to give this video series to you either by DVD or digital download. When you make a gift to InGrace, you can get this video, and that gift can be any amount. And so if you contact us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com, and um, make a gift of any amount, uh, we will thank you by sending you Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. And in here, by the way, is proof that the Grand Canyon and all the geological layers around the earth were formed rapidly by a global flood, not by millions of years. If your gift is $35 or more, I'm going to send you two powerful video series about Noah's Ark. One is The Ark of Noah, More Than a Story. The other one is A Tour of Noah's Ark in Kentucky. So you'll want all three of these powerful videos. Now, some people have said, hey, I want everything you've got on creation. Well, we've got what we call the creation bundle. If your gift is $100 or more, more people hear the gospel through InGrace, and we're going to send you all eight of our most popular creation adventures. They're all multi-part series. There's one that's underwater in the Keys of Florida with a PhD marine biologist who's a creationist, Dr. Robert Carter. Incredible 
turtles. Kids love this one, by the way. Uh, sharks, uh, eels, all these beautiful corals and fish. And to have a man with a PhD in marine biology explaining these creatures were created, that evolution doesn't explain this, is powerful, especially for young people. So you can get all eight of these. We have one on astronomy. Of course, you get the three I already mentioned. So contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com, and you can get this creation bundle. Or you can mail us a letter or request. At mailing address is ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Dive into a world of discovery with Ingrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to Ingrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two more video series about Noah's Flood or get the entire eight-series creation bundle for $100. Call 800-78-GRACE. Visit ingraceradio.com or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.